Welcome to Good Christophian Talks. I'm Levi. And I'm Chris. And I'm Brian. Thank you for joining us this week. On this podcast, we select one talk a week to help us get the Bible in our daily news feed. We post a new episode at the start of each week with a short intro beforehand to kind of set the stage for the talk you're about to listen to. And now, let's talk more about this week's talk. For this week's talk, we are listening to an exhortation that was given by Brother Josh Somerville at the Verdugo Hills Ecclesia this very Sunday on February 21st. This was one, as soon as I heard it, it was such a powerful exhortation that I really wanted to share it. And he's talking about the concept of hope. And this originally, uh, I had a different talk lined up to share for everyone this week. But as I was listening to it, spoke to me and it was so applicable to what's going on in the world right now and kind of a phrase that I've been hearing people use more and more that I, I told Levi and Brian, I'm calling an audible, I really want to use this this exhortation. Uh, you know, hopefully everyone isn't, isn't tired of hearing exhortations from Verdugo because uh, I know sometimes I tend to share more of them, but that's where I, I go and I hear a lot of talks on there, obviously, that uh, I enjoy very much. And this exhortation that Brother Josh was giving was so powerful. Uh, he's looking at the concept of hope. And one of the things that he kind of was making a point about is he starts by looking at a, at a poem um, that was even turned into an animation by, by Disney called Casey at the Bat. Uh, and basically, without taking everything from what Brother Josh mentioned, the idea about it is that the concept of hope is something that always springs eternal in humans. We always feel hopeful. It's a natural way that we think. We wake up every day hoping that the next day is going to be better than the previous one. But what Brother Josh is looking at is the difference between the hope that we talk about as Christadelphians and as believers of Christ. When we say, you know, I we have a hope, kind of almost we have a hope, right? Almost as we talk about the truth, right? We have a hope of the coming kingdom and how does when we use the word in that sense, is it different from when somebody says, you know, I, you know, when you're wrapping up a rough day at work and you say, I hope tomorrow's better, or, you know, you say like, oh, you know, when the weather's really bad, it's like, I hope it's warmer tomorrow. It's the same word, hope, but the meaning is very, very different for what we mean by it. One of the other examples when he was looking at the concept of hope that he mentions is hoping that when you're playing sports that your team does well. Uh, and it's kind of a funny little uh, aside. Brother Josh and I used to play on a church intramural softball league here in Simi Valley. Um, we haven't played for since the pandemic, but we had played together with several other brothers uh, in around Simi Valley for five or six seasons. And I think I could count on one hand the number of times we won out of a eight to 10 game season every year, but we kept coming back. We really enjoyed the camaraderie, but he makes a mention of that, which I, I enjoyed and it reminded me of how much I miss being able to do that. But even that, the showing up and always being hopeful, even though we always lost, we would always show up every Monday night when we were going to play, hoping that we would somehow do things differently and be able to, to win the game. That even that sense of hope and almost optimism is different than the hope that we talk about when we talk about our hope, kind of with a capital H, 
right? And what Brother Josh was pointing at is that our hope, when we hope in God and in the return of the kingdom and the hope that we have through Christ, it's a hope where we have a confidence. It's our faith-driven hope. Uh, and he goes into a lot of different passages and verses when he's kind of flipping around in that, looking at that idea of our hope is driven by our faith in God. Uh, and almost that that unshakable confidence that we have in God can be something that we lean on and strengthens our hope in a way that is far beyond anything that anybody in the world might say when you might hear someone say, well, you know, I hope that, you know, this new politician is going to make things better in the world. Or, you know, I hope that this new law is going to fix a problem or anything that someone might say, I hope that, you know, I do well in this interview and I can get this job that I want, or I hope that I do well in school so I can get the career that I want. All those things are more fleeting. They're not as concrete as the hope that we have in Christ. And I just found the the concept of it to be a really good reminder to reflect on how we think of our hope because that word can get used and you hear it in the news and you hear other people talking about it and people can use the word hope almost casually in conversation that term it was a good reminder to me at least that the hope that we have in Christ and that God has promised to us is so much more impactful than just a casual well I hope the weather's better tomorrow type of usage of the word and instead when we talk about you know, our shared hope or the love that, that we have in our one hope, how much more meaningful that word hope is in that context. Even after the exhortation, the presiding brother was trying to figure out a way, a different word to either describe our hope or a different word to differentiate the hope in that more casual sense. And we couldn't really come up with a, a good word for it, but you know the difference when you hear it in the usage it was just, an, like I said, it was just a, such a good reminder that we should have such a confidence, just as Paul talks about having a confidence because of the faith that drives the hope that we have. Um, so like I said, I really thought this exhortation was powerful. It was a good reminder for me. Um, I know Brother Josh, and he's a, he's a very good friend and brother of mine, and hearing him talk about going through different trials and things that he's gone through in his life and being able to have this concrete hope and a faith-driven hope that you can rely on during your struggles and difficulties, no matter what they may be, um, was incredibly powerful. I, I know I felt it, and I hope that when you're listening to it, it is just as impactful to you. As always, thank you for everyone who continues to send in recommendations. We get them every week, and we appreciate those, and also the encouragement, and everybody who uh, enjoys listening to the podcast it means a lot to us. So as always, continue to send those in. If you find anything here useful, uh, we encourage you to share it with other people that you think might be able to be encouraged by it. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Brother Josh for his exhortation, which was titled Hope. Good morning, everybody. I want to share with you some of my thoughts that I've been having about hope. And I want to kick it off by just talking about one of my favorite poems. It's called Casey at the Bat. And it's by Ernest Lawrence Thayer. And I'm sure that many of you are very familiar with the poem. It's very popular, or it was very popular. And I believe 
Disney even turned it into a cartoon because I remember seeing it as a kid, a little story about it. And it tells a story of a struggling baseball team that was losing a game and the events which lead to their possibly coming back and winning. But, and this is a spoiler alert, their best player, Casey, lets his pride and ego get the best of him and ultimately brings him and his team to failure. But as I was thinking about hope, there was a, it reminded me of this line in the poem. And I want to read it to you. It says, a straggling few got up to go in deep despair. The rest clung to the hope which springs eternal in the human breast. They thought if only Casey could get a whack at that, we'd put up even money now with Casey at the bat. And I love that line, the hope which springs eternal in the human breast, how true that statement is. Every day, whether we realize it or not, we wake up with hope. I hope I feel better today. I hope today is less stressful than yesterday. I hope today is the day Jesus returns. I hope it doesn't rain today. I hope this or I hope that. This trait of hope that God has given to us is something that lives in each of us and it carries us through our lives. You know, when we say things like, you know, it's never over until it's over. That's hope. When you go in for a job interview and it goes really well, and now you're at home waiting for that callback, that's hope. When you lose every softball game with your team, but you keep playing every week, thinking you might win the next one, right, Chris? That's hope. <laughs> hope is that intangible feeling that will not allow us to give up. It's part of our internal makeup. It's one of our character traits that keeps us putting one foot in front of the other day after day, year after year, to get up, to get through the day, and to do it again and again for our lifetimes, no matter the circumstances that we're in. It's defined as a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen, a feeling of trust or want something to be the case. So as I was thinking about this, I was asking myself a question. Is there a difference between my hope and someone else's? And at first, I thought there was. But the truth of the matter is there's no difference in my ability to hope versus anyone else's. Everyone has the same capacity and ability to hope. The only difference is, is what we are hoping for. So in my naivete or just unknowing or not really thinking about it too much, I thought there was something like godly hope, you know, that made our hope different than everybody else's. But when I started kind of looking into it, I realized that's not true. There's, I don't think there's a thing called godly hope. It's just only our hope in God. That's what I was realizing. Is what, it's what we hope for that sets us apart from everybody else. Because people in the world obviously have hope. They're good. You know, they're motivated to get involved in the political arena or to protest and fight, to make the world a better place, to make our society more equal. They have hope in the government, hope in the leaders of our country to set things right, to make it better for all of us. They have the same confidence that we do, the same desire to improve the world in which we live. But that's not where we're putting our hope. So we're instructed to put our hope somewhere else. 
Psalm 31, 24, be strong and take heart, all of you who hope in the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Micah 7, verse 7, but as for me, I, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. So that's the difference between my hope and everyone else's. Our hope is in the Lord God, and it needs to be that way. It needs to be focused on the returning of Jesus Christ and the establishment of our Heavenly Father's kingdom. We can't allow ourselves to get mired in the hope that everyone else has because we've been called to something better. And that's the fatal flaw in having hope in the current state of our world. The world is run by sinful man. That can never be fixed, no matter how much we might hope it to be changed. But we can rely on God. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. And we can't hope for man's justice to make things right, but we can rely on God's. Deuteronomy 32, verse 4. <clears throat> he is the rock. His works are perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. But again, hope, you know, in my, in my thoughts and trying to think about it, is hope just that desire for a certain thing to happen? Well, I can flip a coin and hope for heads and tails come up. Is that all it is to it? I kind of want it to be more than that. I think it needs to be more than that. Because we know that scripture tells us hope is really important. In Romans 15, verse 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I love the way that sounds. He is a God of hope. What a beautiful prayer here by Paul, calling God a God of hope. God is the foundation on which our hope is based. He is the creator of it, for he's the creator of us. So when we hope, we should only be hoping in him. And of course, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. The fact that hope is listed out here as one of the three things should be a signal to us that this is something that's really important. And when we look at these three, we notice the first two are very similar, faith and hope. And if you, if you look at synonyms like I did for hope, you're going to find the word faith. And if you look at synonyms for faith, obviously you're going to find hope. They're very similar. So how do we differentiate between the two? Well, I hope your mind is taking you where mine did, and that's Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen as a definition for faith. The NIV states it, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I really like that the way it's said there in, in the NIV in Hebrews there, that faith is the confidence and assurance 
it, it, it's the belief, it's the trust and the loyalty. You know, I don't think we have hope for the sun to come up tomorrow, but I think we have faith that it will. We have a confidence. We don't have to have hope that the world is going to keep revolving, but we have faith that it will. And that's what faith is. It's complete trust or confidence in something or someone. So if hope is the expectation for something, faith is the confidence that it will happen. That's the critical ingredient there. It takes hope from being just nothing more than the flipping of a coin, and it really brings the substance into it. So we we almost can't have one without the other because we want to have the faith that gives us the confidence in our hope. So let's take a couple minutes and talk about, well, how do we increase our faith? Um, Very simplistically, let's just talk about four things. First of all, you have to read the Bible. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Simple. How else can we have hope if we don't know what the Bible is telling us? We have to read God's word as often as we can to continue to strengthen our faith. We have to listen and do what we read. James chapter 1, verse 22, but be ye doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving yourselves. And that takes... You know, it takes my mind to the parable of the sower who's casting seed, right? We have to be that soil that takes in the word and allows it to grow in us and produce fruit, do things that we read about in the Bible. Prayer, we have to talk to God. We have to bring our problems and our needs to him. Psalm 34, verses 17 and 18, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. God is listening to us. He's waiting for us just to talk to him, to come to him in prayer and allow him to help us. First Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. What a powerful verse in today's age. And we have to surrender ourselves to him. Romans 12, 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. As we see the day approaching, we need to be encouraged to increase our faith, to put our hope in him, to allow his words to take root, to overcome our own sinful desires, and wants. So, like I said, four foundational, simple principles that we can do that would have a huge impact on our lives. But obviously, me saying it doesn't make it easy. Because it's not easy. It's, it is just the war that we wage on a daily basis with ourselves, right? Hope is not always an easy thing to hold on to. And there's many reasons why we struggle. And there's times when we can even find ourselves feeling hopeless. Hopelessness is that condition or a feeling that conditions will never improve. It's a feeling of despair or desperation. And those are things that we struggle with. 
I really love this little passage here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, which the whole chapter is amazing. But Paul says here, when he's talking about the fact that they were saying there was no resurrection, he says, starting at verse 16, for if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. And that really paints that hopelessness if there was no resurrection, right? But we struggle with it too. We have all kinds of things that can cause us to feel hopeless. Depression is a major problem. And it's something that I'm sure a majority of us have dealt with at one time or another. It's a quiet enemy that can be debilitating. And especially during COVID where we've been so separated from each other, it can cause us to feel hopeless, that there's no escape and that there's no change. We can struggle with addiction in all of its forms, whether it's substance or an activity. And I can't claim to, you know, be an expert on these things, but I know that they can bring about a sense of hopelessness in us. What about physical limitations? Some people struggle every day where the body is the enemy. And every day is a new adventure of pain. Where, what am I going to be struggling with today? How intense is it going to be? What am I going to be able to do? What am I not going to be able to do? Those are moments of hopelessness that can be found there as well. And what about hardship? We all know that being a follower of God doesn't mean that our lives are going to be easy. It doesn't guarantee us that. There are burdens that we're all going to have to face. And they come in all different kinds of packages where there's financial, marital, familial, professional. There's times when that hardship can bring us to our knees. But ultimately, we do understand that we are mortal. We are a dying creature. We are walking and talking miracles, and yet we break down. Our muscles and joints hurt and the eyesight weakens, the hearing goes. But you have to understand that God knows this, right? He knows our weaknesses. He knows our frame. He knows we're not perfect. And he still loves us and he still wants us. That relationship that we have with God is really on us to make it work. It's like that friendship you had where you were totally on board with it but your friend wasn't always reliable. Maybe they'd ghost you from time to time or flake on an activity that you planned together. Or maybe they would show up, but they'd be distracted and act like they didn't really want to be there. Sometimes that's our relationship with God, isn't it? God is all in. And we're the ones that sometimes might flake or not show up or, or be there, but not really be wanting to be there. But he is all in with us. He is our God of hope, and all he's doing is waiting for us to put our hope in him. And so when we're feeling weak and down and even hopeless, we have to try to remember that no matter our situation, God is our God. He is the God of our salvation. He is our hope, and we can, and and he can and will deliver us from all of this. 
we know that he will send his son and that we will be a part of that glorious kingdom that's to come. But we need to have that faith driving hope to help us get there. Psalm 42, verse five. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Psalm 71, 14. As for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. I want to close my thoughts this morning and bring us to the memorial table by reading from Romans chapter 5, the first 11 verses. And therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, God died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Brothers and sisters, we are here this morning to be reminded yet again of the incredible act that was done for us. That we have a God who has given us the ability to hope in him. And not only that, but to have the faith that what he has promised us will come to pass. He allowed his only son to be sacrificed so that we can be reconciled. He has told us that even through the darkest times of hopelessness, he is there. And that our sufferings should build within us hope. The hope of a time when all the trials and tribulations we face will be at an end. And we will be with our Heavenly Father in his glorious kingdom. Thank you for listening to the Good Christadelphian Talks podcast. We hope this talk helped you in your walk. If you would like to hear more, please subscribe for new episodes and leave a review in Apple Podcast or whichever service you are using to help more people find the show when they search for it. If you enjoyed this particular talk, please share it with someone who you think might enjoy it as well. For show notes on the talk you just listened to, visit our show page at anchor.fm gct or check the show notes section of your podcast player. Please share your thoughts on the talk from this week on our Facebook or Instagram pages where we are at Good Christadelphian Talks, on Twitter where we are at 
GCT underscore podcast, or leave a comment on our YouTube channel where these talks are posted as well. If you know of a great talk, we want to know about it too. Send a suggestion to our email at goodchristadelphiantalks at gmail.com or message us on any of our social media accounts. Thank you for listening. God bless and talk to you next week.